1: Giant sports investors, it is another beautiful day in the neighborhood, Wednesday, October 7th. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is the early line right here on sports Grid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez, and as always, I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, burning the candle at both ends, trying to give you all the information you need to make it a profitable day, and we will try to put the fun and functional sports content at the same time, and Kev, we had Game 4 of the NBA Finals, bam, out a bio, made it happen. He had 33 minutes. Gordon Dragic tried to even give it a practice to see what he could do but it didn't matter they didn't have enough horses the Los Angeles Lakers win this game 102 to 96 it was pretty close throughout the entire game despite yeah. 15 Lakers turnovers anthony davis with a big time 3 late in the game lebron does his thing and now the lakers are on the precipice of an nba championship
2: they are and the story to me of this game is their defense I went back and I looked at it, 15 games played by the Miami Heat before this series, held under 100 points just once, going back to the series against the Pacers, so they actually won the game. In this four-game set, they've been held under 100 twice, twice in four games, so that to me is really the story here, the Lakers, and it's just We've talked about this a lot during this postseason run, Dane, right? The third mm-hmm. guy and the ever-changing sure. third guy. Tonight, you know, you or last night, rather, you would say KCP answered the bell in that regard. But also, right, the need for a third guy, which, by the way, is usually who's the third leading scorer on the team, is less right. important when you play defense at the level to which the Lakers have played during this entire season so that's one of the things i feel like we've all been able to put into perspective here it's just this is a is a good team this isn't just you know option a and option b and then a bunch of guys this is a very good basketball team that now sits one win away from rightfully being crowned the nba champions
1: yeah. And, you know, I think you make a great point here, Kev. Maybe the third of the big three is the defense. Right. Because you mentioned this, what they've done with Miami, um, you know, holding them under a hundred points a couple of times. I'm reminded at this point, like a month ago, Kev, when the Portland Trailblazers were scoring 130 a game, Dame dollar was dropping 50. Right. And then they see the Lakers defense. And it was different. I reminded of the Houston Rockets where we talked about their freewheeling 40% from three, right? Mm -hmm. And how you pointed out after I mentioned they were undefeated when they were able to play in that way not against the Lakers they were still doing what they did but they ran up against the Lakers defense in a similar way and now you're talking about this with the Miami Heat so I do think it is a point point. and to be quite honest Kev when we get to this point of the playoffs in most sports right we are mm-hmm. reminded about defense we're reminded about pitching we're reminded about goaltending, right all of the times when we get into these spots so it is no surprise that the team defense that is holding. Building, right, is a big part of it. Talk to me about this from the Miami side because, listen, they're still gonna, you know. Get out there in game five. They're going to give it a yeah. go, right? Jimmy Butler, just shy of yet another triple double. I mean, Bam was there, 33 minutes, 15 points, seven rebounds. As we welcome our radio audience from around the country, and if you are on the West Coast with the Mightier 1090, then you are excited that the Lakers are only one win away. You got a win in baseball as well that we'll talk about. Big stuff for LA out there at the Mightier 1090. Thanks for joining us. But what is the move? For Spolstra, for oh, this team boy. in game five, like, do they go extreme small ball? Do Like, what is it? They have to do something different, right? What do you think is in the cards
2: for the Heat? Yeah, I think, you know, hope Goran Dragic is back. Like, the, the yeah. next game is Friday, okay? So keep okay. that in mind here. We're not playing Thursday, we're playing Friday, so that might happen. I think one of the things that they have to be pretty scared of was the switch of Anthony Davis guarding Jimmy Butler. Jimmy's final Mm. numbers of 22, 10, and 9 on 8 of 17 look great. He started the game 5 of 7 from the field. So 3 of 12 to close out or 3 of 10, right? Like, that's not what you needed it to be for this team. And I think there's a reason why he was a minus 11 on the plus-minus. Bam, out of bio, you maybe can be much better. But also, they left a pretty good Duncan Robinson game on the table. Hero got hot in the second half. You leave that performance yeah. on the table as well. Kendrick Nunn, not good. In fact, the bench for the Heat, nah, the bench not, was good not good. good. The bench combined to be, what, four of 18, I believe. Yeah, I mean, that's miserable, right? So, can the Heat get really hot from deep? And. Take another game? I guess so, but at the end of the day, the Lakers have been now in this spot three times coming into the postseason. This is now the fourth. Game five, chance to close out a series. And now they have the chance to do that, and the end result is winning the NBA championship, is finishing up this bubble season. I think it's going to be really really difficult to take another game off of this Lakers team for the Miami Heat. Because also, what are the answers, right? Like, the, even if Goran Dragic comes back, he's not 100%. Bam out of bio, might he play a bit better? he didn't play bad here at all. So what's the volume going to be much higher? This is an uphill battle that is only getting steeper
1: yep it is getting steeper we will see if there are any answers we'll talk about it and look at the pay- playoffs in the major league baseball as well when we come back we're off and running right here on the early line. let me see your work. i mean i don't know what y'all came in to do but uh, yeah, if you ain't got a lighter what the fuck you smoking for What's going on, everybody? We are back on the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. Dane and Kevin, on a Wednesday morning. And, Kev, you know, I'm trying to wonder what moves, if any, the Heat have left in Game 5 and moving on in this series. And you mentioned something I want to ask you about, uh, that they had a pretty good Duncan Robinson game left on the table, that there was, you know, Tyler Hero got hot. He wasn't snarling this time around, but he got a little hot in the fourth quarter as well. To me, that's the only answer. Kev, right, to almost, in essence, go full-on Houston Rockets with it, right? And think like, hey, if Duncan and Hero and Jimmy Butler and Kendrick Nunn, if they could all shoot the lights out, that's their – I think that's their only viable path left. I'm not saying it's a great path. I'm not saying it will be successful. But for me, it seems like that's their only play here to kind of be like, hey, Duncan, Tyler, go ahead, guys, shoot the
2: lights out. Yeah, I think – and so really right the answer then for this team is to have a night where they collectively shoot 45% from 3 yeah. and it's the rockets formula say, right right and and I think in a way right cuz obviously you ask the question from like hey like are we going to be able to watch more nba or like or are we done right but also then mm-hmm. we always think about it back from you know a betting perspective and how we can possibly benefit and if you're you know, at home thinking to yourself, all right, how do we angle ourselves to back the heat? Cause we think the heat are live here. You play their team total over one Oh four mm. and a half. I don't okay. think the answer is them like burying the Lakers offensively and holding them to 95 points. So that's something I think to keep in mind where And it's 104.5 right now. If Drogic gets put back in, maybe that number climbs. I mean, I personally don't, I'm not going to on a Wednesday morning put a Friday at 9 o'clock heat team total in my pocket, but it doesn't mean it's a bad idea.
1: Absolutely, and we will, in fact, talk about um, Game 5 a little bit more when it takes place later on in the week, but we've got more to discuss. Remember, this is when all of these sports are kind of coming together, so let's turn our attention, Kev, at this point to the playoffs in Major League Baseball, right, where in the American League, we had teams trying to bounce back from their one nothing deficits in the series because of what happened on Monday, and we start with the Yankees and the Rays, where the Tampa Bay Rays were a— able to bounce back and even this series at one. The Rays hit four home runs. Tyler Glasnow fans 10. Mike Stanton, oh excuse me, Giancarlo dropped the Mike Stanton goes yard not once but twice. But it doesn't matter Kev because the Rays do in fact get the victory. They even up this series. They win 7-5. We've got a series on our hand at Petco Park.
2: Man, this was a terrible performance from the Yankees man. It, it I don't know if Ray's fans will feel slighted that the story here is the Yankees, but I don't know how they could expect anything else when Debbie Garcia goes for one inning, sure gets taken deep, but Aaron Boone saying, oh, listen, you know, I just didn't like what I saw from Debbie Garcia. J.A. Happ was warming up three pitches into Garcia's performance. Like, this this wasn't... This was clearly the plan. He was like, "Oh, I'm going to throw a righty at him, and then I'll catch him off guard by putting a lefty into the game." And the move stunk. It was a terrible move. It's got not like the cute. Rays sent. It's like the Rays sent out a like a lefty-only lineup. Like he got taken deep by righties. Like <laughs> that's what happened. Margot Zanino. Like it, it was. It was awful. It was clearly the story of the game, and it was a move. That really is not looked upon in hindsight. Like in the moment, like I was on Ariel, she was saying Michael Kay, Gabe, Cam, those are just the immediate people, my father that I spoke to. Everyone. <laughs> right. What is this? What is mm-hmm. this move? And here's why I think the move, because you say get, got too cute. Here's why the move I think is so disappointing, right? If pretty quickly, you and I can say, oh, so he was trying to catch him off guard by going righty to lefty, right? I would like to think then that the Rays pregame have a conversation about, huh, why is Debbie Garcia getting the ball? You think, like, because it's their job to think about it further than us. to where They might have not even been caught off guard. Clearly they welcomed J.A. Happ coming into the game. So I I think really – And quietly, the Yankees putting up five runs had a very bad offensive night. Like, Stanton was incredible. Yeah, outside of Stanton. outside of that, it was garbage for pretty much the rest of the team. I, I look at it, Boone has to wear that one. And the problem is, when it's no longer the regular season, it's not just a day of New York radio bashing you and calling in First time, long time. What's Aaron right, right, right. doing? I can't stand this guy. It can cost you your season. I hear you. I also,
1: you know, when J. A. Happ was warming up in the first inning before the home run in the first inning, it was like this is clearly. Like- I thought maybe they were like, oh. The moment was too big for him, you know, or something like that. Or, oh, this was the plan because he was the kid to, you know, not get nervous, dip his toe in the water. And then maybe he's going to really start game four, you know, or something like that. But I agree with you. It was him getting way too cute. I was as a Yankee fan and I know you are, too. I was willing to give the kid the shot. I was willing to give the kid the shot. Pitch me five, six innings, and we'll see what's up. Right? Um, And now they go back to Tanaka for game three. I guess the only good part here is that, listen, Chapman is available. I think Britain will be available in that bullpen, but let's turn our attention to it. It's Tanaka against another one of these big three starters for the Rays and Charlie Morton. The Yankees are once again favorites today. Minus 122. The Rays come back at plus 106. And the totals in these games Kevin have been climbing we are at nine and a half you talk about uh, a bad day from the Yankees lineup outside of Stanton right how much of that is they're just Mm -hmm. getting cold or how much of that was Glasnow had some stuff I
2: mean he fanned double digits yeah Glasnow looked good for again everybody but Stanton right I I mean the total now nine and a half to where it's at a justifiable number. You don't have to play these over. Yesterday, the first time the Yankees didn't hit a full game total on their own by <laughs> scoring only five. They still got their team total over the number. What's really interesting is Charlie Morton's not thrown thus far in the postseason. Like, it's been a long time since Charlie Morton's pitched a game. Now, that doesn't mean he's not staying ready, but like, I just wonder what that does for him. That kind of a layoff, Dane. Because yeah. everyone else right now, sharp, Tanaka pitched last round. You know, it was the 25th of September that Martin Le- uh, Morton last took the bump. I don't have the ability to do the math in my head right now of how many days that is and how many starts that might be. That's it's right. about two I would absolutely, weeks. Yeah, I mean, that would it's end in disaster. Great. So he's missed, you know, what would be two normal starts. That is a little off putting to me, but I don't know if that means the arm is fresh and he has the ability to go seven. Right. Or you could spin that
1: story anyway, right? You could spin it like, ah, he's rusty. Or because I can easily tell you also, he's an older pitcher, right? So maybe getting that rest is good, you know? Interestingly enough, we'll say the same things with whoever the Dodgers put on the Hill for game three, also, right? Uh, when they yeah. see San Diego, will be someone, I probably may, maybe, I would guess, but someone who has not um, been out there so far so that is interesting i mean i'll tell you this tanaka has a record in the playoffs of being successful right so i mean this this nine and a half is interesting to me um is this the start of a trend of maybe the yankees and the rays you know playing more towards you know uh prototypical tighter october baseball
2: Uh, and an opportunity then at the at the at the nine and a half, right, to to come back right. around to a that's number I'm saying, that, yeah. that gets boosted up. Because, yeah, to your point here, these are still good pitchers on the board. And, and in all lot like, Debbie Garcia and Tyler now showing seven and a half, and then Tanaka and Morton showing nine. Two and runs eight. higher, right. That's an, that's an overreaction, right? Or, you know, we go back to the game where Derek Cole and Blake Snell are on the mound, and there was 12 runs in the baseball game. And all these Yankees games have been going over as it is. I lean towards the under, but I'm not trying to bat an under in a Yankees game. No, I, I, I hear that it would be a very
1: tenuous place to be for all nine innings to be rooting for that. I understand we've got three other series that were going yesterday as well. We'll look at what happened there when we come back. We're often running on the early line. But first, it's the news update
0: from Sports Grid. When Tyler Hero
1: All right, welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line on Sports Grid, giving you the edge. We also welcome back our radio audience from around the country, including out west with the mightier 1090. I said those folks out west are going to be happy about the Lakers. We'll talk about the Dodgers, but I don't know if they are happy about their team in the Bay. The Oakland A's have dropped a second one in a row to Houston. They lose 5-2. Listen, Springer goes yard twice. Kev... (sighs) Remember how when Tatis and Machado went back to back in the last round and you Mm -hmm. and I deferred to the idea of swag and that San Diego has that right now um, and that, you know, they're all feeling good, dancing in the dugout, the era of good feelings, T-shirts with Slam Diego, all that good stuff. Yeah. Well, if that's the case in San Diego, what is the case in Houston? Because they are writing, in my opinion, the spite of the scandals. Dusty Baker, as their manager, is a kind of crotchety old man being like, yeah, I don't want to talk about that. I wasn't there. Here's what we got now. We going to bludgeon you, right? Springer doing his thing. Previously, it was Correa doing his thing. Even Altuve starting to break out of their playoff funk. If we say that the Padres have swag, what do you call this? Because I feel like it's 2-0. I feel like it's almost done already, and it feels like Houston is rounding into a form of I told you so.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, they played the Minnesota Twins in round one, which evidently is a freebie come you know, October baseball. Now here they're playing Oakland who a team, like, part of the reason why you thought that they might get banged out in round one was, you know, their MVP isn't there. Ah, look, the Astros are dealing with injuries as well. I, I The Astros are, of course, the story, right? Because of all this other stuff. Not for any of the right reasons, but they're the story. But Oakland's had a lead in both of these baseball games. Oakland, actually, all year long, kind of had the moniker of the comeback kids. The timely hitting is gone though. It's it's just not been there for this ball club in this two game set. I'll say, I'll just jump right to the chase though. I like them today at plus one oh six. That's an overreaction. It just is. Lozardo's the man who got the ball for this team in game one of the postseason. Right. This is not a team that I, I think is gonna go quietly into the night. And I know I'm getting value on them. At plus 106.
1: Now, I hear that. I don't think they're going to go quietly into the night either. If they were going to do that, they might have done that against Chicago when they were down 1-0 as well, right? So they have it in them. But that's what I'm talking about. This feels different. This feels like the Astros, to your point, you know, like, hey, Minnesota, Oakland, some of these. You know, we talk about contender pretender a lot. It's a it's a it's a uh, common occurrence here in the sports world, right? It feels mm-hmm. to me, Kev, like you're in essence calling Minnesota and Oakland like we knew they were pretenders the whole time. And I'm not so sure. Like I think this is more Houston rallying into experienced playoff form. I think they have a little something extra as opposed to it being the shade on their opponents.
2: Well, you said Minnesota was a pretender. Right. So I
1: picked them in that series. Absolutely. But you have to admit, though, if this does happen. Right. And if they're in the ALCS on its face, going through two division winners
2: is not a a soft road. No, I'm not saying it's a soft road. I mean, look, at the end of the day, though, they had the worst record in the American League. Right. They they get they luck out through a bracket because had they got. Positioned where they belong. Yeah, they're on the second place like line. They have yeah. the Rays and then like the Yankees, right? Like mm-hmm. they they get bounced in round one. So, I, I'm my my whole thing is, and remember how I had said like I give Toronto maybe some life against Tampa Bay divisional right. series. There's some familiarity there. I'm 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 not here to tell you that like oh Minnesota and Oakland what what you know who wants a more favorable bracket than that? But compare it relative to just the Yankees bracket, right? Right. Of Cleveland and then Tampa, it's they're not even comparable. They're not even in the same planet. So that's kind of my thing here with Houston. They're you know they're getting fat now on Oakland. Is, is this for real? I, I this is my thing. So we can go to the league outrights where okay. they're still plus two forty. They are monster favorites to advance. The book is like, and we saw by the way. Remember but the book likes whoever they would see they, in the ALCS over Houston, no matter what. When the yep, when the Astros had clinched and the A's and the White Sox still had the game to play, and they had the Astros booked in front of both of those teams. That's right. That's then right. the A's advanced and went to a shorter price to win the American League than the Astros. Here, they're not. There's not even that credit. They don't believe that Houston beats whoever gets to the next round. I agree, but look, we're not even at that point yet. I think what's really interesting is if one of these teams can see a game go in the basket, can they then kind of get confidence back, right? Can, can Oakland get a win here and feel good about it? Because here's the thing. That's the nature of a three-game set. Oakland played two playoff elimination games last round, won both. Yep, that is true. I know.
1: Listen, you know me, though, Kev. Part of me loves the chaos. Part of me understands the stories that are building. Remember when we saw the National League, you know, playoff chase? I was cheering for chaos, right? And I just could already see the story being written. After the scandal, the Houston Astros have to get through the Oakland A's, their division opponent who they brawled with, potentially the New York Yankees where they're going to say Aaron Judge, you know, had the MVP stolen from him, right? And then potentially the Dodgers if they get through all the way. What a like kind of redemption story it could be. I don't want it to happen. I think you know that, but I start to see some of these story elements falling into place. Let's talk about the National League, Kev where We had a game one of a series between those Dodgers who are the runaway favorites in the National League and the San Diego Fathers, right? A team that everyone is getting excited about, but no, it was the Dodgers who win this one. They win 5-1. They had a big outburst, I believe, in the sixth inning. What I want to ask you about here. Listen, Clevenger was on the hill. He goes an inning and like a third gives like two pitches in the second inning. And he goes right back with the same, you know, bicep, elbow injury, whatever it is. And like that was kind of the best shot for San Diego. I know you were thinking about the Dodgers and how to play this, whether it be in a sweep, whether it be on the run line. How did this one work out for you, and what are your big takeaways for, uh, from this game? For me, it's the idea that they gave it a shot with Clev, it ain't happening, and then ultimately the Dodgers offense came in the sixth inning.
2: Yeah, I think the Padres and I both left uh, an opportunity on the board. Uh, <clears throat> the Padres took a one nothing lead, the Dodgers went to plus money, and I was like, <clears throat> oh, I think it actually might be the Padres' game. That was gotcha. stupid. That, that quickly blew up. Now, I didn't bet the Padres side of the number. I just left a plus money dot. like the, Right, right, right. They were plus 108, right? Like the number that you and I were thinking about paying on them to win the series by a game and a half was, was right. heavier than they were in that individual spot down a run. A spot that I was asking to show on the board. How did it happen? Listen, a routine uh, ground ball ends up in an error. It's tied 1-1. Man, you can – it's so cliche. You cannot give the Dodgers opportunities like that. You just True. can't. You can't. And they were made to pay for it. The Clevenger thing is so unfortunate, man. It really is. so unfortunate because now – I mean, look at how many R's they used, Dane. Look at how and many arms yeah. and, like – Ridiculous. And it's
1: TBT, no. TBD tonight. You know what right. I mean? Like the Dodgers are running out. Oh, yeah. Clayton Kershaw.
2: The Padres you know what, are running out. Strong last time. TBD. Like, <laughs> you know yeah, what I no, mean? This is this is ugly now. It is ugly now.
1: It, right. It is. Where are you gonna go? It's not up yet, right? Yeah. Uh are you gonna take an over? Maybe potentially because the Dodgers are running out TBD and they had a compromised bullpen. Are you going to ride with Clayton Kershaw? Or I know you, Kev, you go immediately to some of these series bets, right? And yeah. see if you could skin the cat that way. I mean, the Dodgers are now standing at minus 650 to win the series. But, you know, you like sometimes these plus money bets. And honestly, Kev, right now, You can do the double dip, I think, even. Three games, plus 145. Four games, plus 170. You know sometimes I like to cover them all. Unless you see this series going five, which I no longer do, especially with the injuries and all that stuff, right? You could technically bet
2: three games and four games. You can. um, I think, oh, boy. I, I just, like. I think there's a good argument to be made to just take this series to be done in three games at plus one forty five, okay. and treat it as a bet on the Dodgers to win tonight, and then you can get off of it next game. That's all, and you'll have the Dodgers basically having a plus one forty five going into Game Three. If there are people at home who are like they just they waited, didn't get to the window, and by the way, listen, this happens. There's inefficiencies in these markets because they're. You know, they're selling the same stuff, but there's different brands selling it. The Dodgers' correct score, 3-0, is plus 135. Three games in the series is plus 145. It's the same exact thing. They're the same exact thing, right? So you take the plus 145, treat it as a Dodgers to win this game tonight, and then you go ahead and get involved, you know, and you can hedge off of it going into the final game here. I just, man, I don't I sound a little defeated and it's not like i don't dislike this dodgers i actually like this dodgers team the i just I feel bad for the way that this just played out for the Padres. And the series isn't over. But I hear you. played one game, one team had to win game one. Listen, I hear you, but
1: Clevenger like, down, Lamet down. Yeah. It's kind
2: of the way I feel like I would have loved to see the Patriots play
1: with Cam Newton against the Chiefs, you know what I mean? Right. But we don't have that full opportunity. I will say this, though, Kev. Tatis, Machado, Hosmer, Pham, and Myers all combined for one hit. The Padres got three hits yesterday, right? That may change and regress in a positive direction yet. So don't count them out completely, but we'll talk more NL when we come back right here on The Early Line.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
2: in game live
1: come on birds seahawks won this week that's a bird philadelphia won eagle and now it's the falcons it's the time of the birds touch their fantasy guys
2: boom Kyrie yeah. kill touchdown yes a winner hallelujah it's a miracle thank you lord gambler it's a miracle a winner in this game Touchdown Tiger Kill.
1: Catch the program every single day on Evan TSY Radio and on the Sports Grid Network.
2: Line up, ladies!
1: The early line. Dak Prescott. 502 yards passing, four touchdowns. He has been doing it this way, right, Evan? I remember it well. You called Ezekiel Elliott an inevitability. This is now Dak Prescott and a pass-happy-go-lucky offense. And if that's the case, why'd they pay Zeke all this money if the run game is not going to be a piece of this offense? The Sports Grid Network. Welcome back, everybody, right here on to the early line, giving you the edge and putting the fun in functional sports content. Kev, you know what's interesting? When we were talking about these divisional series, right, we were like, yo, Yanks and Rays have bad blood. A's and Astros have bad blood. Dodgers and Padres don't necessarily like each other. New kids on the block chasing them down. And we were like, you know, the Braves and Marlins, yeah, they're in the division. Yeah, they had that 21 game, but I wonder if there's really bad blood. Guess what? I believe there is now Kev um the hmm. Braves get this job done they take the 1-0 lead over Sandy Alcantara and the Miami Marlins they win this 9-5 But here's what I want. I want to zone in on Ronald Acuna, what happened here, and the impact it might have had for what I thought was a sleepwalking Braves team until Ronald Acuna got drilled after his home run. He gets drilled, you know, like right there in the hip by a 95, 96-mile-an-hour fastball. And I think it woke the Braves up kev okay because then they go on an onslaught they win this 9-5 and then even i shared with you i think we have it ronald acuna was even tweeting after the game being like they gotta hit me because they can't get me out i think we now have some intrigue in this series as well
2: and the braves go up 1-0 i i love ronald acuna man i do (laughs) i don't know if i'm allowed to say this but this is something that I believed going back to last year. I'm like, oh, he's like Ken Griffey in terms of being cool, which I know is a heavy statement for a lot of people because Ken Griffey is like the coolest baseball player ever. He sure was. But that's like how I felt about Ronald. I'm like, this dude's just cool. I'm like, there's not a lot of cool baseball players. <laughs> now there's like a, now there's actually some some a couple of them. I some love juice him to this that out. He like, by the way, like, he did it. <laughs> He didn't get a hit in every at bat. Like, he didn't get on base every at bat. Like, like I mean, he, he went two for four. I'm just saying, like, that's just an awesome move by Acuna. I like this Braves team, man. I mean, this goes back to last round. Like, they were the team mm-hmm. I wanted to play the Reds so we could go against the Reds. This is a game where they were down as well, right? I mean, they were down 4-1. Yeah. And yeah. then they did what they've done to this Marlins team all year. They're like, hey. And they just start beating up on this team. I mean, it was 4-1 Marlins, and then it was 9-4 Braves. So here's really the question, Dane. Would you believe that today with Kershaw on the mound, let's say Zach Davies that gets the ball, okay, Okay. for the Padres. You think yeah. that they are bigger than minus 230 favorites? Because that's what Ian Anderson and the Atlanta Braves
1: are going into game two against uh, Lopez. Ah! Yes. They were minus 160 yesterday. I do think they're bigger favorites. And the reason is because I think there is still more public faith and love in this Padres team. OK, then with Miami. Right. I think it's easily uh, I can easily see the narrative here being like, "Yep, yeah, Marlins, they were happy to get here. I don't know that they're going to be able to come back. Meanwhile, there may be more faith that the Padres can still hang. So I do think that um, the Braves number will be bigger than the Dodgers' number personally, but it'll be right around the same level. Ian Anderson going for the Braves, minus 230, just to get it out there, Kev. Uh, Lopez coming back with the Marlins at plus 194. Eight and a half is the total for game two.
2: So I actually think that there will be a a decent gap in the minus 230 number on the Braves and the Dodgers' number. I think the Dodgers' number will be low. Because the Dodgers yesterday were minus 160, which, like, for the Dodgers, is actually like, wow, that's real low. Even today with crush right. on the mound, I think I think the height of it would say be minus two hundred. Here's why I bring it two, up. Here's something why like I bring that. it nah, up. Nah, that's bad. This series to end in three games is plus one forty. So only a uh, a five dollar difference for a hundred dollar player, and I think you're more. The odds will tell you you're more likely to see the Braves go up two zero than I think the Dodgers to go up two zero. So if that strategy that we just talked about applies to the Dodgers, then it should as well apply to the Braves here. So that's where I think you have the ability to kind of tiptoe around that type of number. But I'll also say this. Look, I know it. It's playoffs. Games can be tight. Fine. Whatever. Minus 230 money line down to even money on a run and a half. Mm. The way that these teams have played, too, there's just a bunch of blowouts. Like, right. even in the games the Marlins get, like, they get, like, there are blowouts here. I think if you just want to play this on an individual game basis, I think I might just lay the run in a half. Yeah, I
1: like that. I'm with you. Because then you get it at even money, right? You get it at even money, plus 100. That's a
2: big drop-off. Um,
1: it is a big drop-off, going from minus 230 to plus, to, ba- to even money, like we said. And really, if you like atlanta part of the reason you would like atlanta is the bats waking up right and the bats like your path what's your narrative on this game right and one of the plausible narratives is that the braves just kind of plant the flag and their offense comes out and we see an 8-2 game right and so should the mm-hmm. one run really scare you I'm, I'm i'm with you on that one i like that i like the one and a half run line there with yeah. the atlanta braves let me ask you though in the series prices, like you're talking about, I, I, I feel like this one is even more done than Dodgers pods, to be honest. Mm. I think like when we were talking about three games, four games, I mentioned four games. Cause I do think the Padres can get one. I do think the Padres bats are not going to get three hit every, every time. Right. This one feels like, Thanks for coming, Miami. You did your story. This one feels like in the NCAA tournament when the 12 seed wins but then obviously gets banged out in the second weekend, right? It's not the true Cinderella. Like, it feels like they're just happy to be there. Um, So I could see this one getting kind of more runaway, uh, bigger wins and the gap growing. Much like I told you with Tampa, I would take the run line against Toronto in game one that they were done Mm -hmm. after their shot. That's the way I feel about this Miami Marlins team at this point however um i mean do you agree or do you feel like there's more fight because you had miami in the last round
2: yeah uh, so you're, again you give me way more credit than i deserve for having miami um you did i think this is my thing with atlanta the the braves the way that they've just kind of been able to put up runs in bunches against right. miami it is why this would be worrisome because it's you try not to get overreactionary to one game, right? But in the game that Sandy Alcantara pitched to have the final tally for the Braves be nine, they don't they don't all fall on Alcantara's shoulders. The point is, the Marlins' bullpen is not very good. These yeah. bats now do look do look warm, awake, right? awake. So. Yes, I I agree, and I think there's there's undeniable value in taking a minus two thirty favorite down to even money. Might they win the game by one? Sure, sure. But I'll tell you this: if they lose, but it's worth a buck thirty game, to me. If, if they lose, <laughs> exactly, exactly, ex, exactly. Yeah, I don't have to say anything else. You can keep the hundred and thirty bucks. We can transition then,
1: Kev. I love it. You know, sometimes we go back and forth. Sometimes we are on the same page and finish each other's sentences. You know what I'm saying? That's what happens Mm -hmm. when you put the fun and functional sports content every weekday morning from Monday to Friday here from 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern time right here on the early line. Kev, yesterday, you know, you had a great idea. As we look to the NFL now, right? We're at Mm. the quarter pole. And we looked at some of these NFC divisions, right? And we were saying, hey, do you want to change anything? I remember telling everybody preseason, I like Seattle to win that division. Now, all of a sudden, it's a completely different price, right? We saw some changes. You talked about where there may be still some value on the first place Eagles in the NFC East. Yes. We have to kind of pick our horse in the NFC South. I want to look now at these. AFC divisions, because I think if we look at where they were and where they are now, we have some interesting things to discuss.
2: What you got, though, Kev? I know we're going to do the AFC. I apologize what? for taking a left turn here, but where we there going? was something that stood out to me in the NFC yesterday post-show that I wanted oh. to throw your way. Because throw it I my way, brother. AFC. So to make the playoffs markets all came back up, and uh. they're now – let me just make a quick point here on the Eagles, and this is just an undeniable value thing. The oh, wait, Eagles so you are, wanted to go back to talk about the Eagles? No, this is just this is just a very simple <laughs> thing here that Got is it. undeniable. The Eagles, you can get them at plus one forty to make the playoffs. They were like plus one twenty, plus one thirty to win the division. Guess yeah. what? If they win the division, they make the playoffs. But there's other avenue yes. to make the playoffs. Don't bet them to win the division. It's a bad bet. There's more value on the playoffs. But There are two spots in the the make-the-playoffs markets. One I know you will absolutely agree with. The other one, maybe, okay? The Niners are plus 114 to make the playoffs. That's interesting to me. They can get healthy. They can get right. A lot of division games left. I still think that's a very talented roster. And at plus money, considering where they were day in preseason, I'd be intrigued. The other spot where, boy, I feel bad saying this, but I think you might end up making a bet during a commercial break. The Bears are even money to miss the playoffs. And I went through and I looked at the Bears' schedule for the rest of the season. Yeah, it gets tough. Oh, it's ugly. It's not good. Not good at all. So
1: thank you for bringing these to my attention, right? Um, (laughs) What I will say, though, on the Bears is I'm already holding them under eight, so I'm not going to necessarily double down on it right now. You know what I mean? I, um, I feel good about it, but I don't know yeah. if I want to, you know, be so pot committed on these bears. I, I appreciate you bringing it to my attention. Mm-hmm. And then with San Francisco, right? Like, yeah, I do think they are still a playoff team, right? And, and for me, the linchpin on this is not, is really like the Rams, quite frankly, the Rams, to your credit, have overperformed so far, right? So does that just make it a little bit more congested in that I do think you're right, they're going to get healthy. I do think they'll get rolling. I do think they'll make the playoffs. The hangover won't be that strong, in my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. But um, interesting places to note. If we, When we go through the AFC, if you mm-hmm. have any ones that are not just the divisions, but are also win totals or playoff, yes, no, as these markets come back because the thesis is the same right Kev we're stepping Mm -hmm. back after the quarter poll and seeing that F Everything we've seen maybe is gets overreaction, right? We do overreaction Monday after week one. Now we're kind of zooming out after the quarter poll. There's been some movement, and are there overreactions? So let's look. I got to ask you, the AFC West, the Chiefs were runaway favorites. They continue to be runaway favorites. I don't think we need to talk much about that one. <laughs> Where I want to ask you, though, honestly, is the AFC East. Buffalo's 4-0. Yeah. New England is compromised and all this stuff, right? At the beginning of the year, there were times, Kev, remember when we were like, oh, these guys are co-favorites. Then when Cam Newton came in, we were like, oh, I, I hate saying this, Kev. You know I'm a Jets fan. You know all this. But as I look at this. Because I still believe that the Bills are strong and good, but that Josh Allen will make the key mistake. We see what New England does. We are excited now about the element of Cam Newton in the offense. I don't know if Cam Newton's going to be able to play this week and moving forward. (sighs) Kevin, the value in this division is on the Patriots,
2: right? Yeah, it is. And that's okay. That's okay. Because here's why it's still on the pass. They got two Bills games in their pocket. Yeah. That's, that's the that's the big, big thing that opens up the opportunity. And here's the thing for Buffalo. Man, I like, Buffalo's 4-0. They've looked great. But their next couple of games here at Tennessee, Thursday Night Football, Chiefs, Jets, home versus New England, home versus Seattle. Three home games against three very good football teams. They hold serve? Wow. Yeah. Pango 1 and 2, different outlook.
1: Yeah, so we will see. The schedule gets different. More AFC liens when we come back.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Welcome back, everybody, right here to the early line on SportsGrid. And, Kev, we were just talking about the New England Patriots and their value potentially in the division. Well, we have breaking news, Kev, as it relates to those New England Patriots. We've got a number of people we trust, Tom Palisaro, Field Yates. We'll see if we can get it up on the screen. But literally in the last five minutes, they are tweeting that the Patriots have another positive COVID test and it was starting quarterback cam Newton on one side of the ball. It is now Mm -hmm. all pro cornerback, Stefan Gilmore, of the new england patriots has tested positive for covid this is now what three days after we found out about cam newton mm-hmm. we have seen this with the marlins with the cardinals with the titans one becomes three becomes ten very quickly in this kind of like window of uncertainty and it cannot be a good thing for gilmore the patriots the nfl or the kansas city chiefs who they played on monday that this kind of like incubation period stuff is now coming back to potentially and i'm not a doctor but potentially bite the patriots and now remember they traveled and played the chiefs in this window of when cam and then negatives were happening but now a negative has turned to a positive for pat's cornerback stefan gilmore this could be very problematic for the nfl
2: Stephon Gilmore's positive test uh, was known by the Pats on Tuesday. Uh, It seems as if maybe they were waiting to find out could it have been a false positive. It is not. Uh, They have canceled their practice. The total number of Patriots is now up to three as a reserve D tackle Bill Murray also tested positive here. So it begs the question, were these players in contact with Cam Newton? Are these separate issues that might be standalone? I think that is unlikely, all things considered. And where do we go from here? The Pats now shut down. What does this look like? And is there game against the Denver Broncos this week that is supposed to be taking place in New England in jeopardy?
1: Yeah, um, I have a ton of questions, right? But as you say, right now, the New England Patriots are scheduled to face the Denver Broncos at home on Sunday. And we got to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, too, who are scheduled to host the Las Vegas Raiders, because now Gilmore played against them a mere 36 hours ago. We'll talk about it in an hour number two.